All right, here's our assignment for this week. The Buddha told a parable in a sutra. A man traveling across a field encountered a tiger. He fled the tiger after him. Coming to a precipice, he caught hold of the root of a wild vine and swung himself down over the edge. The tiger sniffed at him from above. Trembling, the man looked down to where far below another tiger was waiting to eat him. Only the vine sustained him. Two mice, one white and one black, little by little started to gnaw away the vine. The man saw a luscious strawberry near him. Grasping the vine with one hand, he plucked the strawberry with the other. How sweet it tasted. Of all the stories in ancient Zen lore, this story is the most frequently told, perhaps because it bestows a fundamental truth of existence without embroidery or embellishment. Allegorically, we're compelled to see life as a brief and fragile interlude between birth and death. Decay is an inescapable facet of manifestation, and no one escapes the inexorable trajectory of disintegration. This fact of life can be terrifying if we don't live within the immediacy of the moment. We must grasp the miracle of being alive, of being embodied, however fleetingly, for we never know when we'll be propelled into the jaws of death. The first step to the knowledge of the wonder and mystery of life is the recognition of the monstrous nature of the earthly human realm as well as its glory. The realization that this is just how it is and that it cannot and will not be changed. Those who think they know how the universe could have been had they created it without pain, without sorrow, without time, without death, are unfit for illumination. Joseph Campbell. The world is full of contradictions, hence your search for harmony and peace. These you cannot find in the world, for the world is the child of chaos. To find order, you must search within. Nisargadatta Maharaj. Duality, the basic structure of conditioned thinking, creates the world of opposites, positing a choice between self-other, good-bad, black-white, pain-pleasure, life-death, etc., giving rise to the illusion that the world could always be what I prefer it to be, strawberries and sweetness. In fact, we're so busy attending to the alternate reality ego fabricates in which something other than this here now is possible that we miss the sweetness of being here now for this. If you awaken from this illusion and you understand that black implies white, self implies other, life implies death, or shall I say death implies life, you can feel yourself not as a stranger in the world, not as something here unprobational, not as something that has arrived here by fluke, but you can begin to feel your own existence as absolutely fundamental. Alan Watts. This week, notice the non-dual nature of existence, bringing awareness to how life is yin and yang, light and dark, good and evil, love and loss, pain and pleasure, sorrow and joy. Notice that awareness can register application of a beautiful sunset while embracing the heartache of endings. Notice that life doesn't distinguish between destruction and creation, seeming to enjoy both equally. Notice that awareness doesn't cling to blissful crests or resist the depths of an undulation, but is the context that contains it all. 
Notice the peace that arises from identification with being the witnessing awareness, the constancy behind the changing world of opposites. Notice how ego asserting the either orientation. Notice the persistent conditioning to ignore, bemoan, or resist the nature of life and the inevitability of aging, sickness, and death. Notice how refusing to accept that all formations are transient keeps us from reveling in the sweetness of being alive. As always, RL. All right, and here is our first caller. You're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Oh, good morning. It's Todd calling from British Columbia. Hi, Todd. Hey, Ashwini. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Wow. <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> oh, my it's God. Topic, isn't it, Todd? It's one of the biggest assignments. I've recorded it many, many times and listened to it many times. And um, it, it took me actually to a quote I heard very early on in practice from Sherry. And it feels like it, ca- it encapsulates a lot of it. Where um, life is glorious, almost no one experiences life. They experience conditioned mind and think that's life. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. And I love that I quote. Think- it's one of my favorites. Yes, yeah. We, we, we do not experience life. We experience conditioned mind and think that it's life. Right, right. And um, I, I, I love the last line uh, of it uh, where when we're not able to accept that all formations are transient, we miss the sweetness of being alive because... Um, it's, everything in that article is so true, in the assignment is so true. Um, we are all of us, and I look in the mirror and go, wow, I'm in a process of decay, as it were. <laughs> and, um, you know, this is a brief interlude between birth and death, but um, I, I miss it when I look in the mirror and get into a conversation of, wow, you're, you're really aging. But I've been around a long time, so I should be, you know, know, I've been around over six decades. So just in that matter of fact, it's like, wow, many folks don't even get even close to that. So grateful for that longevity. Yeah. Well, there's such a level of acceptance that I hear in what you're saying, right, Todd? Uh You look in the mirror, oh, yes. Uh, In other words, there's one experience when we say, when we acknowledge, yeah, all formations are transient. I'm in a Uh process of decay. And regeneration. It's not one or the other, but it's that conditioned place of non-acceptance where you you look in the mirror and you're 60, and something t- something says, no, you should look like you're 25. Or this should not be. <laughs> yes. That's the thing that we're talking about. That's the conversation that causes us to miss the sweetness of life, within quotes, because you've lived for 60 years. What's a what a glorious life. Yes. Yeah. It, there's another quote that just dropped in is um uh uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase it but it's um uh it's something to the effect of I've I've had a, a an amazing long glorious life. It's too bad I haven't been there for most of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is, to that which is the cautionary part of the of the Zen story. It's you, you have this life. It's a precious life. 
Mm-hmm. And there is the possibility that if you're lost in conditioned mind, that you you miss most of the preciousness of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't and... that too, because it's not personal. That's how that we're all born with conditioning, and we're all born with that as much of a possibility as the other possibility of being able to taste the strawberries. <laughs> yes. Exactly, in the midst of hanging off the side of a cliff with the tiger up above and below and two mice chewing your lifeline. We're, we're able right. to reach over and enjoy the sweetness of a strawberry. That's uh, one of my yeah. favorite Zen stories. I've heard it. I've heard it. You're right. It is one of the most told. I heard it well before practice, and it is one that is often recited when, when it comes in the realms of Buddhism. So, yeah, thank you for that uh, assignment, and thank you for, uh, for the, the year-long retreat. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks, Ashwini. Bye-bye. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Todd. Ashwini, I'm going to bring on our next caller. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourselves? Hi, this is Sandy in Berkeley. Hey, Sandy. Hi. Um, Well, I've been enjoying the assignment, and especially just the timing in, like, fall with the leaves changing and with Halloween. And there used to be kind of a story in my mind of I don't like Halloween or I don't like horror movies. Like, there, and um, what struck me in that Joseph Campbell quote is just, like, um, you know, kind of what if this, experiences that are labeled as sort of horrible in the sense of being like as if you're supposed to fall into a pit and never be able to get out again if they happened or um, like what if I don't know like there's been this belief like well those should be eradicated from life or you could never handle it if that happened yeah yeah well it's an interest it's interesting how where that quote takes us right because I project what you're saying is uh, the ego world is a world of preferences, which basically says you want to avoid these aspects of existence because somehow or the other, you're not adequate to the experience. And so life would be better if those experiences were eliminated, which just when we say it like that seems so, uh, I don't know, uh, bizarre because you could not eradicate them from life if you tried. You couldn't escape them if you tried. And yet we live in a, in a conversation that it's possible for us to distract ourselves or escape or change or modify life. And that's how we're going to be all right rather than, wow, we're all right and life is what it is. Yes. Like, there, a lot of energy goes into this process of trying to outsmart or avoid or change the world so these things don't happen. Yeah. Yes, and that, I think, is the, is the actual point. It's the energy that goes into the process. And so that life force that's available for just enjoying life, being with life, however life is, is what gets siphoned off to maintain this conversation that somehow or the other, it could be different. I could make it different. If I can't make it different, there's something wrong with me. And, and we just realize, wow, well, I, 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 that actually causes me to miss the strawberries and enjoy 
life as as life is. Right, right, and yeah, I, I I had the experience this past week of hearing someone who had gone through something that in conditioned mind would be too awful, uh, too much, and. I have to admit, for all intents and purposes, this person was talking about it, and it's like they, but they were still in a group. They were still laughing with a friend over something. Like, I don't know. It was, um, they had been adequate to their experience. Yes. Yeah. It happened, and they went through it, right? And there's a projection from the conditioned perspective that it was so awful that it couldn't be, uh, could be withstood. And yet you have the experience experience of going through those things. It is awful and you do survive them. And that 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 is the experience. The story is different, but the experience is the adequacy. Not 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 even as something separate that, oh my God, you've got enough strength to do this, but the very fact that you're alive and you're having the experience is the truth of the statement. The very fact that you're alive and having the experience is the truth of the statement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Sandy. Ashwanya, I love that whole conversation around adequacy because that's what I was saying as the two of you were looking at that is that the conditioning often wants me to be in that place of, you know, either not just enjoying what is actually right in front of me or, you know, kind of putting my hands over my ears and closing my eyes and just saying la, 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 la to kind of, you know, block out something that seems like it's just hard and and seems like what that's always pointing at is, is I'm not adequate to whatever life has in front of me. Um, and and once I drop that belief and, and get here, I find that actually, you know, I am adequate. I, I can actually, you know, be here for whatever actually is here. Yes, and I am. Uh-huh. That's, the, that's the irony, right, Bob? I mean, the story tells me I can't be, and so I'm either putting my hands over my ears or, uh, or not enjoying what's going on in front of me. But, the, but as soon as I drop that belief, it's as, just like you said, what's, what's actually going on is I am having the experience. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think the experience we're having all right now is that uh, my one of our cats is wanting to join the call, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll slow it forward for now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, all right. So let me bring on our next caller. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Good morning. This is Joyce in California. Hi, Joyce. What do you see? Hi. Um, I've had a, an experience of, uh, well, just all kinds of things. I, I woke up yesterday morning and... Um, checked the rain gauge and it said that overnight we had had eight inches of rain which is that's a lot of rain and um, it continued for the whole day and 
I don't, boy, something just took me away from this um, ego. Aha. Uh-huh. So you were present to the amount of rain that we've had, the wonder of eight inches of rain. Yes. Um, and that, uh, <clears throat> part of that was being able to be present to all of this uh, and still being okay. You know, I didn't get into a panic. And, I mean, there was there's a lot of flooding around. We went from, you know, just being totally dry to having water running everywhere. And I don't know uh-huh. what the point of that was, but... Um, The thing we go from the terror of a forest fire to the terror of a flood, and that's the that's the possibility. Or we are in that place that you're you you were or said you were, which is okay. Well, we got a lot of rain. Wow. Right. If I'm outside the conversation, it's just simply what is, and that was a lot of rain as opposed to that whole, what it means to have eight inches of rain and water running everywhere. Oh, my God, there's going to be a flood, and then whatever the conversation uh, and the panic around that is. Yes. And yeah. the, the, uh, I was doing some uh, different things during the, uh, the weekend that had um, different things being projects and uh, I was pretty tired and I was watching TV and I, and then uh, I fell asleep and as I started to wake up there was no there was no words that came to me but I could feel the change in my whole body from being present and peaceful and just it just started coming over me with fear and all the other things, and I caught it in just the just that moment where I saw ego like drawing a blanket over me to take me back to ego land, and it was one of the most beautiful things that I've noticed in a long time which was coming back to presence and yes wonderful wonderful that's what we're trained for right we notice that that here i am in absolute presence and then i'm i wake up into that conditioning attempting to draw that blanket over you and you redirect the attention and the ability to do that, the ability to see it happen, the ability to know that there's nothing wrong with that, and that you have all the tools to be able to get back here now to peace. It is exquisitely beautiful. It was, and and that happened. What the be- part of the beauty of that was is that fell back, fell back asleep, woke up about three or four times, and had the experience of of that change that was coming over me. Yeah. And it was just, I didn't even say no, anything else. It was just 
it it was just knowing the difference in those places and it was amazing just amazing it is amazing amazing and we know that we have the ability to do it practice works thanks thank you so happy you too Thanks, Joyce. And I'm going to bring on our next caller here, Ashwini. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? I'm, I'm not sure I heard the person. Yeah, me neither. Hold on a second. Next caller? Hello, this is Judy from San Francisco. I, I think it's Judy, but I can't hear you, Judy. Yeah, I, I can hear you, Judy, but you're a little bit faint. If you can speak up or maybe if you can, headphones on. Okay. I'll try something else. Okay. Uh, how's that? Is that better? Uh, no, not really. Oh, okay, I'll call back tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Okay, let me bring on another caller here. Next caller, you're now live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is uh, Justin in Bear Valley. Hey, Justin. Hey, um, yeah, finding the assignment great and the call great. Um, and that last conversation, um, yeah, that last conversation was interesting because I was looking at duality myself and I had an event where I ran a marathon or a half marathon um, this past weekend and I had a like a I had a favorable result and I saw how that kind of got taken into the realm of duality um, where I felt good about doing the half marathon but then I was meant to feel bad by conditioning for feeling good for doing pretty well um, so it's pretty confusing because it's conditioning but I don't know if you're tracking that <laughs> oh I, let me make sure I am tracking so yeah. the, you did a half marathon, and you felt good about what you did. And then you watched how you're supposed to feel bad about feeling good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. Exactly, exactly it. Um, yeah. Well, we have uh, so much conditioning, uh, right, Justin, about not being uh, prou- proud and arrogant and selfish and self-important. And so you can't say anything good about yourself. But there's that, uh, there's that beautiful line, I think it's in, um, in the screw tape letters, where the ability to be able to, be, um, to, to celebrate goodness as impersonally, impersonally right? Mm-hmm. So there's a way in right. which you could say, if, if you said, uh, I am God, or God is me, you would probably be considered blasphemous in a lot of places. But it would be the truth. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, right? really, right, that's really interesting. So it's not about the statement, it's, or it's, yeah, it's not about the statement or the form, it's about kind of where we're looking at it from, right? Because I could say I'm God, and then think, oh my God, you know, or conditioning could say, who are you to say you're God? You're not God. Think of all the things that are wrong with you. Or you could say I'm God in the sense that, like, we're all God, um, coming from the perspective. That's exactly right. That is true. It's, we are conscious, we're animated by all that is. And so that is true. And from that place of truth, it's like, saying life is monstrous, yeah, 
that we die. Yes, it all sucks. And so it's only from a place of separation that it's either good or bad. Uh, but if you can, you can accept it from that place you're pointing at, which is outside the duality to what is so, and it doesn't make you a good person or a bad person or put you into an egocentric orientation towards life, then there's nothing wrong with that. Wow, I did a great job. I ran this fabulous marathon. I feel good. Well, that's what you're feeling. Oh, I feel awful. That's what you're feeling. Is it, is, are you a good person for having run a marathon or a bad person for saying that you feel good about That's all in the world of conditioned mind. It's not right. true. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with what, it, what really happened, right? That's what right, you say right. imaginary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, when you were saying that, I was saying, you know, the truth is I did run a half marathon. And then the truth, if we bring it to the now, is I feel how I feel about how I ran that. And that's all is what that's it is. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's only ego that brings the narrative of, of what it means and uh, comparison and, and all yes. that. Yes, I bet. If you ran it and you had trained for it, you had all those wonderful juices flooding through your body as you ran it, you would have been as high as a kite and feeling fabulous. Right, and that, right, and that, yeah, and that just would have been what was, you know, it's not necessarily like I was being the right person then, I was like, oh, that's a great moment, so I appreciate it, and uh, we'll all move on. Yes, and and it's, well, and also true, right, that you trained for it, you got, got past those voices of resistance, you conditioned for it, you trained for it, you showed yes. up, of course you should feel good about all of that. Yeah. And you do. Right, right, that is a good reason to celebrate. <laughs> Exactly. There's always a good reason to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, there always is, right? As long as we're looking. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. And I think we have time for one more caller, Ashwini. Okay. Next caller, you're now Ooh. live on the air. Will you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Isata. Can you hear me? Hi, it's Ota. Loud and clear. Sorry, let me go. Let me go upstairs because I wasn't in the privileged environment. One second, I'm going up the stairs. Oh, sorry, almost, almost tripped. Okay, here I am. Ah, this was so interesting because I had the opposite experience of the marathon, uh, uh -huh. uh, which is that I went to the first big party after COVID, and I partied all day and all night on Saturday and of course I was feeling destroyed yesterday and I could really see you know decay the body not holding up and uh, I and I was now that I was listening to to what you were saying it's not that I have to feel bad because because I partied or bad because because I was hangover but I was really thinking about it. Also looking at the assignment, you know, the, the dark, the white. I was, uh, I, I'm not sure what the connection is, but the assignment really resonated with me as I was working on it with a very strong hangover. So, so the, 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 the experience over the weekend put you in touch with the fact that Perhaps you were tired, right? The, that there is a way in which the energy is different. Is that, is that the, 
understand that what's true. Is that what you were saying, Isota? I couldn't quite follow the first part. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry because I was moving around. I I don't know I don't know how it is, but the moment of deep darkness of the calm down of this party that I went to uh-huh. was really hard to accept, you know. And so I was recording and listening and saying everything is alright, everything is alright, I love you. I was listening to loop recordings of I love you because I felt so tired and also so guilty about uh, the crazy 12 hours before, you know. Right. And, yep. and somehow I see it as the opposite of the marathon situation. You know, uh-huh. that, you, that you were saying that uh, one, one is not a good person or a bad person according to, to whether they, they run a marathon. So I, I was thinking I'm not a good person or a bad person if I dance all night, you know. That's right. Uh, and so there's a way in which the profoundly dark experiences are also within the circle of acceptance. It has exactly. nothing to do with your, I mean, that's the whole point of the story, right? We are present to all of life, whatever the experience is. doesn't make you a good person or a bad person. doesn't make, you, make the experience a good person experience or a bad person experience. It's simply the experience. And oftentimes that story about how it should be and how I should feel and what I need to be doing and did I do it right takes us out of that experience. I, I do experience the, the pathos of, oh, the sun is setting and so the sun is going down or death or whatever else. That's part of my life experience. I'm not supposed to have one uniform, happy, whatever that conditioning says I should be having. And I don't necessarily need to be in the negative world either, but I am allowed to have every life experience there is. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, like, somehow the, it was in, in my guilt the following day and reading the assignment, I was like, oh, the party... We are too attached to life. This is why we party so much. Like, I don't know, I was making all a strange connection within the assignment and uh, the hedonistic lifestyle and not realizing. And I was telling me, and now you're experiencing decay. Look at you experiencing decay. So I don't know, it was totally, it was used against me, the assignment, but but I'm getting back to center. (laughs) Good, good. And uh, it's such a just, we're at the end of the show, but the, I think the point that is that you're making is how conditioning makes the party or the uh, assignment or whatever it is the reason for, right? And when we don't live in a world that there's meaning or cause and things are just the way they are, we can be with the way things are. So there's a party, then there's uh, the aftermath of a party, there's the experience of being in the party, and there's the experience of being after the party and that's it there's no association exactly 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 uh-huh. and i'm not a good person or a bad person because of that exactly exactly 
Ah, I'm sorry, Liv. Thank you so much. Sorry that I was not that clear with my ideas, but you really clarified them for me. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Isota. How we love, right? We have experience. Yes. I'm so thankful. Thank you. Take care. You too, Gasha. Thanks, Isota. And uh, that does bring us down the show, but just quickly, ask Winnie, I just love that conversation because in my experience, if I'm in that, you know, good, bad, right, wrong conversation about anything, you know, from the conditioned world, there's this belief, well, that, that is somehow achieving something, right? You know, like, like I'm learning something there, but it's actually doing the exact opposite. It's keeping me from being actually present to the life that's actually here. I'm only present to the conversation. That's right. Exactly. It's good. It takes us back to Todd. We think we're experiencing life, but we're actually just experiencing conditioned mind. Exactly. So get here and let's experience life. Yeah. All right. All right. It seems like a perfect place to end there, Ashwini. We will talk to more callers next week. Thank you. Take Thank care. Thank you. Talk. Go happy.